Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to Being Eve. Happy Thursday to you all. I hope you beautiful, amazing, and wonderful women are having a great day. And if you aren't, guess what? It's about to get better because you are tuned into Being Eve. Well, ladies, today is Hot Topic Thursday. And today's Hot Topic is centered around the Netflix series entitled Messiah. If you've been listening to Being E for quite some time, you know in season one that I've taken shows and movies and different things and brought it onto the podcast because I am such an avid proponent of storytelling. I love storytelling in all forms, books, movies, shows. I love what it does to us in regards to inspiring us and provoking thought within us. And Messiah did just that. And so I wanted to take the opportunity to shed some light on that on the podcast in hopes that it will provoke thought in you. And based upon those thoughts, it will inspire you and empower you and encourage you as we all do this thing called life. So there is a story behind the story. I was initially apprehensive to even watch the show Messiah. First of all, the name automatically rubbed me the wrong way, right? And with Hollywood, you know how they are. Everything and anything that they do when it comes to Christianity and the belief of God is always sprinkled with some mess. So I automatically was like, eh, I'm not going to watch it. But then I got a call from my sister. She said, Casey, have you seen this show called Messiah on Netflix? And, you know, I went through the spiel with her. No, not really. I didn't think I wasn't interested in it. It's not my thing. Yada, yada, yada. And she was like, Casey, it really is a great series. And I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, Do you mind watching the show? So when she presented it that way, I was like, "Uh, okay, I'll watch it because first and foremost, I trust my sister, right? Um, I know that she wouldn't put me in a predicament where I would be offended by what I saw or it would offend my faith. So of course, I tuned in, I watched. And I'm very happy that I did. I'm very happy that I didn't um, allow my own presumptions to stop me from really tuning into this series because it was definitely one of those thought-provoking shows. And I enjoy watching those types of shows. And I think the creator designed it to be as such. It's one of those um, shows that if you can sit down and talk with someone, it will engage um, conversation, it will inspire, it will provoke, whether you're a believer or non-believer. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. So a couple of disclaimers about the show, if you are interested in tuning in. I'm bringing it on the podcast, but I'm not going to give you any spoilers or any of that. I'm not going to share anything about the show in detail. 
I really want to share what it provoked in me and what I began to think about within my own life things that I want to begin to implement within my own life. And so that's where I'm coming from with this. But a disclaimer, if you do want to watch the show, if you are sensitive to language, and what I mean by that are certain curse words, don't watch the show. Now, is it throughout the entire series? No, um, there, there are just points where they're using curse words. And so I want you to know that up front so that you are not shocked by it and you're like well Casey didn't say there's curse words in it so please know that there are curse words so if you're sensitive to curse words do not watch another thing um, I want you to be aware of if you are sensitive to the fact that the character who is the who they call Al Masai I hope I'm pronouncing it properly which translates to anointed one. He has certain similarities in regards to characteristics of what you would perceive the Messiah to have. So if you are sensitive or would be offended to something like that, do not watch the show. There also is one lovemaking scene. I was able to catch it because I felt it coming based upon what I was seeing. And so I was able to fast forward through it. So just know that as well. Okay, so now that I got all those disclaimers out the way, I want to jump right into the show at hand. First and foremost, it starts off on a high, okay? So right off the bat, we're introduced to this character, this al Masai, who speaks with authority and who's um, doing signs and wonders, and you are immediately drawn in to the series based upon this particular character because you want to find out who is this man, right? And I started cracking up when I watched this series because I said to myself, there is no way this guy could be the Messiah, okay? Because first and foremost, God will never send a man that looks this good <laughs> to be the Messiah because he would be a huge stumbling block to a lot of women, okay? Uh, because the character that plays the Al Masai is very attractive. And at one point, he's even rocking a man bun, ladies, all right? A man bun. And he is so handsome. But I was not lusting after him. I just want to make sure that I say that. I was just observing, okay, his handsome good looks. But with that being said, there's no way God would send a man that looked like that. <laughs> no way. Um, but jumping right into some of the thoughts that the show provoked. So my sister and I gathered together to kind of talk about the series, what our thoughts were on it, and what we thought about the whole ideal of this Al Masai character and all that good stuff. And as we began to share our thoughts, we both walked away with the same feelings, right, about the series and the same thoughts. And when I watched the show, I really did not see the character as the Messiah. In all actuality, when my sister and I began to talk about it, we really saw him as just any believer who truly believed in what he was speaking, spoke with authority, and he was literally just exercising his beliefs 
And basically, because of that, those things that he was saying by faith, they were being confirmed and affirmed with signs and wonders. And for us as believers, that should be a normal reoccurrence, right? If you believe and have faith in God and what he has called for you to do, when you do that thing, it's going to be confirmed and affirmed with signs and wonders. Now, it may not be audacious signs and wonders like splitting the Red Sea or, you know, changing water into wine. It will literally be what your faith will allow. And for me, that's how I saw it. And the reason why people began to follow him in such a way is because he was adding value and he was authoritative about what he was speaking about. And then, of course, the signs and wonders that were confirming and affirming who and what he believed in was what people followed. And it's just like anything else with social media, podcasting, etc. People follow what they deem to be valuable, right? If you're providing valuable information, if your gift and talent and ability is giving something to people that they value, they will follow, they will subscribe, they will share it, right? That's just normal, natural reaction to something that people find to be great. They are going to be followers, period. You know, when you think about social media, Instagram, someone who subscribes to your Instagram feed is a follower. Same thing with Facebook. They become a follower. Twitter, they become a follower. Why do they become a follower? Because you're adding value. Are they following you because you are the Messiah? No. People don't tune into being Eve because they think I'm the Messiah in human flesh. They subscribe to being Eve and you're tuned into being Eve because you find value in what's being shared. And so that's simply what I came away with. Like this man is just providing a value that most people haven't seen. And based upon that, they are following. Now, what did it provoke in me? Well, it provoked in me the thought as to why people aren't seeing this as much as they should, right? Some of the things that he was doing, people should see on a normal reoccurrence from people that have a faith and a belief in God. People should see you walking and talking in authority. People should see you um, affirmed and confirmed by your gifts, talents, and abilities. They should see signs and wonders happening based upon the things that you believe. You should be seeing signs and wonders happening in your life by the things that you say you believe. Now, Is it going to be you splitting the Red Sea and changing water into wine? It may not be that audacious. It may be something as small, as simple as possible. And let me give you a story to kind of align that uh, for you. A while back, I had this plant that I brought after we moved from Massachusetts to Georgia. I really wanted to start to take care of a plant now that we were in a new home and I just wanted to have a plant. So I went out and bought this plant. Now, mind you ladies, I am not a plant person, never have been. And I just decided, hey, we're in a new place. It's a new start. Let me get this plant. So I went and got the plant ladies and slowly but surely, the plant started 
to wither and become more and more lifeless as time passed. Now, at one point, as I'm watching this plant wither, God challenges me. During the time the plant is withering, I'm also writing my book, the new book. And so he challenges me about the plant. He was like, if you believe that you bring life, that you can speak life and life happens through you and in you, why is this plant dying? Now, mind you, I was like, okay, first of all, (laughs) first of all, okay, you already know, God, that I do not do well with plants. But he challenged me because my faith, right, my belief is that as a woman, I bring life into everything that I am a part of. And so therefore, if I can bring life to everything I am a part of, why is this dying, Casey? Why is this plant not being watered? Why is this plant not being cared for? So when he challenged me in that way, he was saying to me, what your faith and what you're believing for is not physically happening. So you're not affirming or confirming what you are believing. You're not showing those signs and wonders through your belief in your actions. So, okay, God, all right, what do I do? I take the plant. I start to care for the plant, ladies. I start to speak life to the plant. I start to do what it is that I need to do in order to get that plant back to where it needs to be, to be a living, breathing, thriving plant. And so I'm speaking life to it every single day. You're beautiful. You're you're a beautiful plant. I'm speaking life to that plant, okay? Because I did hear when you speak good things to plants, they revive, right? And so I'm doing all of that. And lo and behold, the plant is thriving. I actually even went as far as to tell my kids to speak to it. And so everyone is speaking to this plant now, to this very day. Good morning, plant. How are you, plant? My husband speaks to it. He even waters it from time to time. And so it literally became a affirmation and a confirmation as to what I truly believe it started to happen. The signs and wonders of that plant being revived started to take place because my faith was being affirmed and confirmed in me through my actions. And so it's as small as that, ladies. Sometimes when we think signs and wonders, we're thinking about these amazing miracles. And yes, as believers, we should have the ability to do that, but it will be by our faith, right? And so I encourage you that if you are believing and having faith for a specific thing in your life, how is it being confirmed and affirmed in your actions? How are you living that thing out? Because we can say all day long, I believe God for this. I'm believing God for that. Or I believe I can do this and I believe I can do that. But a lot of times, if we real with ourselves, how are we actually doing what we're believing, right? Are we manifesting it in our actions? Are we seeing signs and wonders of our faith being manifested in our life? That's what that show provoked in me, is the ideal that 
Casey, whatever it is that God said that you can do, you can do it, right? The only thing that can stop you is you. The only thing that can stop you is you not believing enough. The only thing that can stop you is doubt. I mean, even his enemy can stop me because he can only play on what he perceives I will do based upon the fact that he watches us, right? The Bible says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he watches us, right? A lion watches their prey in order to find their weak spots. So that's what his enemy does. He watches us to find our weak spots and hopefully based upon those weak spots that we have, right? Not the weak spots that he gives to us and forces us to to go down that particular road, but the weak spots we have. So at the end of the day, it's based upon me. It's based upon my choices and my decisions to either manage my weaknesses or fall for the okie doke. And so I realized that Casey, within your own walk, you know that you know you can do whatever it is that God says that you can do, but you have to believe it. And if you believe it, you will manifest it. You will begin to see signs and wonders in your life. You'll begin to see those signs and wonders be manifested in your family. You'll begin to see those signs and wonders manifested in your career, your business. You'll begin to see your signs and wonders manifested in your community, in your church. You will begin to see it. And when you begin to see it, it will be affirmed and confirmed. Your faith will be affirmed and confirmed within you that you can, in fact, do all things through Christ. You can, in fact, do everything and anything that he's promised you to do. There's nothing impossible for God. And so if there's nothing impossible for God, whatever he gives for me to do, there's nothing impossible for me to do it. And so that's what my mindset was on after I watched this show. That's what it provoked in me that Casey, there's nothing impossible for you to do. So whatever it is that God has called for you to do in the words of Nike, just do it. (laughs) Just do it. The um, other thing that I walked away with watching this series was, whew, the body of Christ, the church. If you are a believer and you are listening to this episode, please take heed to this specific part because um, it, it reignited in me these thoughts because I felt this way for such a long time. I wrote about it in my book entitled The Moral Code. So this is not new to me. It just reignited those thoughts in me about the body of Christ not really operating in the way that we really should be operating as a unified force in this world. And when I say a unified force, bringing peace, bringing love, bringing joy, bringing the fruits of the spirit at the forefront in everything that we do, right? Operating as such, not allowing these traditions and these rituals and these rules that we've come up with, these traditions of man that have brought division and dissension within the body of Christ. Um, it, It just makes us not capable of doing all the things that we have been called to do as a unified body. And 
I truly came away with this one small but great fact. Love is the gateway that truly will, in my mind, allow the Holy Spirit to operate freely and, and thoroughly in the body of Christ to the point that we will be doing those greater works to the point where blind eyes can see, deaf ears can be opened up, the dead will rise, the sick shall become healed. And I truly believe love is that gateway. And most of us are not operating in the capacity that we should be operating in because we have a lot of unforgiveness in our hearts. We are operating from a place of hatred. We are operating from a place of bitterness envy, resentment, and all these emotions that have held us down that create the inability for love to flow through us. And not just that human love, I'm talking about that agape love, the love that Jesus walked on this planet with, the love that the disciples had, that when they went into places and as Jesus went into places, the Bible says he was moved to compassion. Compassion is what moved him to heal the people that were in that community because he saw them suffering and that compassion is what moved him. So he operated in that love and the love that he had for us is what got him to the cross. That love that extended his arms to get those nails and to get pierced and to have those thorns on his head. That was that love, that sacrificial love that will lay down his life for his friends. So it's the same with us, right? Is that pure agape love operating through us and in us that will really and truly be the gateway for the Holy Spirit to flow through us so that those greater works can be done. To me, that's just my opinion. Someone else could come back and say, I don't agree. And that's fine. But in all actuality, just pay attention to our world. Pay attention to society. Pay attention to what's going on. It is a lack of love that has people doing some of the things that they are doing. And if you look around, you'll see some of this stuff happening now. You'll see the signs. You'll see that, guess what? You know, as we begin to move and progress in technology, the love that we're supposed to be having for one another as human beings is becoming less and less and less. And so it, it just heightened my awareness as I watched that show on how important it is as believers to yearn to move in the power of the Holy Spirit like those who came before us. It really was a reminder that as believers, each and every one of us should be the hands and feet of Christ in the same ways that the disciples were. Because at the end of the day, when I read the Gospels and I read the Acts and all the letters that Paul wrote, I'm reading these things as um, a blueprint right? For the believer. I'm reading it as, guess what? If they did it, I can do it too, because God plays no favorites in this thing called kingdom living, but he requires obedience, right? He requires us to operate in love. First Corinthians chapter 13. I make reference to that scripture quite often about what love is. Love is kind. Love is patient. It does not envy. And it goes on and on and on. And it talks about how great love is. And you can have all these wonderful gifts, but if you do not have love, those gifts are nothing. Hatred for another race, hatred for another human being, 
that is created in God's image that was shaped and fashioned and formed by the hands of God before that person was even placed into his mother's womb. If you're walking around with hatred for that other person, but yet want to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I'm not just talking to you. I'm also talking to me as well. Like we really can't yearn to do great things for the kingdom of God, but have hatred for another human being operating in the spirit of racism for another human being. Because here in America, Sundays are still the most segregated day of the week. Most of us sit in, in church on Sunday mornings here in the South, right? And we have racism rampant in the South, just like it's rampant in everywhere else in the United States. But yet South is probably the place that you will see crosses all over the place and Jesus name all over the place. And people would tell you every day of the week that they're Christian, but yet they won't sit at a table of a person of another race, but yet they call themselves a Christian. Yet they go into church on a Sunday morning and put their hands up to worship God, but hate their brother and sister. It doesn't work. It doesn't work if you literally are perceiving in your mind to be a Christian and operate from a place of hate for someone else that doesn't look like you. It doesn't work and it won't work. It won't work. We are still the most segregated on Sunday, the day of worship, the day where people are spending time with family and friends and those who they love. So it makes me question, right? I have these, these provoking thoughts that, wait a minute, is the body of Christ truly functional, truly doing what it's supposed to be doing? And can I really count those people who are walking around with hate in their hearts to be a part of the body of Christ? And then that led me to, well, if they're not part of the body of Christ and those of us who truly believe are part of the body of Christ, then why are we limited in our functions with the Holy Spirit? Why are things not flowing through us as easily as they should be flowing through us when we're in front of someone who may be battling a sickness or disease? When we are in front of someone who is um, injured and they are wheelchair bound, but we don't have the capability to say to that person, get up and walk and see them walk. I don't know, folks. These are just questions that I have for myself, right? Because that's my, that's my prayer. I want to operate in the world that way. I want to see blind eyes open, deaf ears open. I want to see the dead be raised. I want to see people walking and that could not walk and limbs being stretched. I want to see all that. So the word is confirmed and affirmed and God is still upon the throne and the Holy Spirit is still very much functional in this world. And he's operating in us and through us in such a way that are changing lives. Is it too much for me to believe that? I don't think so. I don't think so. As I watched that show, it really did um, pull me with all of these thoughts because that's what I, I, I want to be a part of. That's what I want to be a part of. And I know 
um, to a certain extent, being Eve is doing that, right? The words that I'm sharing and the things that I'm doing, it is provoking people to change and get up and dust themselves off. And in some ways, it actually is probably a, a miraculous part of someone's day, right? Someone who's tuned into an episode and were thinking the worst, but once they heard an episode, they decided to get up and keep moving forward. Of course, I definitely understand that, but I don't want it to end there. Absolutely not. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in every way. And as I watched that show, Messiah just ignited that in me once again, um, because I've talked about this for quite some time. I wrote it in the book entitled The Moral Code. As I examine the life of the first church and I see how they moved and how they ebbed and flow in unity, right? And it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder about the body of Christ today and are we truly um, doing all that we can do, right? Are we truly living the life that we have been called and purposed to live if the people around us are not changing in a way that we would hope? And I know it's happening in a variety of different places all around the world, but I'm talking about here in America because I do feel like because we have all of these things, we have all of these um, distractions with technology and all that other stuff, sometimes it hinders us from really digging down deep in our faith to be able to do some of these greater works that Jesus talked about. Greater works we shall do. So I want to do those greater works. I want to see the young man dream dreams and um, the old man seeing visions and people prophesying and all that good stuff. I don't know if I got the verse right, but you know what I mean. I want to see that on an everyday basis. Like that should be happening in our lives, right? Maybe that's just me just thinking big. But you know, one of the things that I'm reminded about all of this is Jesus's prayer when before he he left this earth and before the crucifixion he was praying for us the body of christ and he said my prayer is not for them alone that he was talking about the disciples but he also said i pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one father just as you are in me and i am in you May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you love me. So I'm going to end there, ladies. And um, I hope this particular episode just provokes some thought in you that not to settle for just the small stuff, right? Don't settle for the small stuff. Aim for every promise that God has written out in his written word. Aim for it. Ask him about it. Seek his face on it. When you pray, that's an encounter that you're having with God. That is a time for you and him. And talk to him about it. Say, Lord, you promised this. I want to see that thing become operational in my life. I want to be the hands and feet 
of your gospel being manifested in this life. Have your way in me, God. Let your light be represented in me and through me. And so, ladies, that's it. (laughs) That's it for my thought-provoking conversation on the Netflix series entitled Messiah. Ladies, I will speak to you all next week. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with being e and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.